Welcome to Justice Losers, a podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a fight in the comments. Wait. Start a fight in the comments. Start a fight in the comments. If you disagree with something we say, tell us, and then fight with each other about it. And then yeah. we will watch Entertained. Yep. As Caesar did. Not Caesar. Caesar went to the Coliseum. Coliseum was around with Caesar. Right? Probably. I don't know history very well. This is, but as the Romans would watch the slaves fight below them. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is you in the comments. Gage is here. Hello, everybody. This is exciting. 153 episodes. You've been listening since the beginning. You yes, are sir. our actual editor, and you are one of our best friends. And you it took you this long to get on the first episode. Yeah, being on the other side of the country doesn't help, uh. but. We're good. And now it's not in the audio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having oh, the, having I didn't think of this. Having the on the episode is very meta. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's going to, if he ever says anything that's wrong or at all dumb or he, he makes a mistake, he's just going to. He can make himself sound yeah. like the this. smartest man in the world. Yeah. I'm going to be very sophisticated at the end of all this. Yeah. He's going to like rewrite his own dialogue and insert it into <laughs> yeah, the audio. Gonna... And depending how things go, I might not end up in the end video at all. We'll see. About <laughs> <that>. <laughs> He'll like at some point say, oh, that was a really interesting point. And then he will redub him saying it and then cut me saying it out. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. It's just uh, going to be the gauge monologues. Yeah. It's just going to be a gauge episode. Uh, we can start with Gage. Gage, what yeah. have you been up to? What have I been up to? What I... you been up to? What? Sorry, what chai been up to? What chai's uh... been up to? <laughs> He's got it. <laughs> Let's see. I well, lately in preparation for this, I've been listening to Dracula on audiobook, mm-hmm. uh, watching a few vampire movies. What we do in the shadows? Oh, yes, yes. Golden, that. golden movie. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that. Uh, my wife and I have been watching through How I Met Your Mother recently. Uh, great stuff. So I'm enjoying that. Um, recently started bicycling. Oh. Bicycling. Yep. What's no. that about? Bicycle. <laughs> Bicycle. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's a song. I Mostly see. do it in the shower. But, uh, yeah. Good deal. Yeah. It's really hard to remember what you've been doing with your life. This is when why. You're put on the spot. Yeah. Cool. Take notes and you put I them should. on your phone. Yeah, you literally have notes. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> no your first time on the episode. That's true. It'll be your last because you live in South Dakota. <laughs> yep. I'll fix it. Matt, what you been up to? Blast. The Rays lost. Oh. It's okay. They've still got game seven to turn things around. Disappointing. Oh, uh, what have I been up to? Where's my notes? I lost it. Uh-oh. I had He's on the spot and he's failing. This is, this is trouble. This is this is problem. Yes. This uh, is problem. Yes. <laughs> this is trouble. This is problem. Yes. Uh, one, one other thing that's important to me, uh, it's uh, what I haven't been up to. Uh, I recently uninstalled League of Legends. So I'm a free man. Good lad. And I'm feeling good. Yeah. I, I as his boss, requested that he un- uninstall it because it was interfering with his work habits. It wasn't editing things on time. It was just a, it was a catastrophe in a workspace. Terrible. Shame. Next step is firing you from a job we don't <laughs> pay you for. <laughs> Wait, do we get do we get severance packages? I mean, I can cut your leg off. It's equal to one year's wages at zero dollars. Or I can cut your dick off. That's a severed package. <laughs> There's the joke. <laughs> Took a little while. <laughs> uh speaking of severed limbs and 
general dismemberment, I read volume two of The Walking Dead. Oh, I acquired cool. Yeah, I acquired the first two when I was trying Still to... Still am uncomfy episode. with that terminology. Acquired. Like, just... It still is, has an ominous implication. <laughs> I'm well aware. We're How do you feel about the word acquired, Gage? I feel like it's an acquired taste. You invite him all the way across the country, and this <laughs> is the best he can come up with? <laughs> garbage! Garbage! Uh, speaking of garbage, no, Walking Dead 2 is pretty good. It's fine. Um, it does... I mean, the show is pretty close to it, but stuff is, like, super out of order. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, at least the back half of this one is the farm, but Shane dies at the end of Volume 1. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, um, well, they got John Bernthal, and they had to kind of, yeah. like, do what they could. With you got to use as <laughs> much John Bernthal as you can. Yeah. Um, get his sweet, sweet, sexy old man walk. Yeah. Man, he has a distinct walk. He really does. <laughs> uh yeah um it's pretty good it very much like the rick character it's i mean it's all from rick's point of view so far um and it's very much just like rick has two modes he is super loving and emotionally healthy and mature and good guy or he is absolutely balls to the wall screaming at everybody yeah that's not incredibly far from the show no but it's like taken to the extreme okay it's a little irritating to read Mm. i'll um I'll probably acquire volume three before okay. too long, but we'll see how long I keep going. Cool. I'm also looking for an out because there's like 35 volumes. I haven't lent you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robert Kirkman can write a lot. Because yeah. Walking Dead finally is ended yes. after that many volumes. And then Invincible is, uh, well, it's the Invincible saga. It's a saga. It's yeah. giant, like. I think there's three omnibuses that are the, each one is the full length of the Nightfall saga. Mm -hmm. So like imagine a comic book that's about three inches wide and there's three of those. So it's about almost a foot of comics jam packed into like without Mm -hmm. the covers and ads and stuff. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a stacks right up. Yep. Um, and then because Monday was October the 12th. Yes, it was. Started Watchmen again. Yes, you did. Rereading because... October 12th, Rorschach's Journal. You did not highlight that story into the Watchmen Updos because I forgot to tell you how. Or I could have done it. Yeah. Oh, well. You could have. Yep. Slacker. Yeah. You're fired. Shit. Watchmen, it's pretty great, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Ah, oh, man. Gage is over there just, like, watching... I'm so I'm so used to just observing this process. It's this weird is to, true. To be invited to contribute. Have you read Watchmen, Gage? I haven't. Have you seen Watchmen? I haven't. Have you watched Watch Man? I have not watched the Watchman. Well, you're useless to us. I, yeah. Get out. <laughs> I came here for vampires. <laughs> That's true. He came yeah. here prepared for the content, but yeah. hasn't There's pirates. Sort of. Vampire pirates? Vampires? Sort of ghost pirates, I guess. Okay. Dude, that'd be really interesting. Vampires? Vampires? Bet it's been done. I bet there's like the, the SS Demeter. Oh, come on, Gage. The Demeter? Sorry. That's the ship that Dracula came on came over on. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the book. I know. You, you miss some details when it's an audiobook. I guess that's true. Yeah. Because does it, does it tell you like 
from the journal, uh, like from Mina Harker's journal. It does. It well, actually, it, should, it should say then, like the like the the um the thing the like the captain's log or whatever. Yeah, captain's log of the Demeter mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. It it did, but what's the you no? Know. I'm thinking of a different word. It's the manifest. Man, the manus- manifest. Manifest. Yeah. No. Yeah. Mana. Manatee. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yep. The manatee known as a Demeter. I'm sure that's what the it... Greek goddess is. Is <laughs> <laughs> a manatee. Pretty sure she's gonna smite you for that. Yeah. What's uh, her thing? She's. I read Wonder Woman. I know. Great question. Is. Man, we really do just take so many tangents yeah. when there's a guest. Yeah, it's bad. Sorry. It becomes more performative for us. Yeah. I think. I suppose you've got like a studio audience, except I can also comment on what you're doing. Yeah, so, yeah. and it just spurs on our tangents. <laughs> yeah. Like it, the the we... length of the episodes is exponential to how many people are in the episode yep so how was Watchmen? <laughs> look i can put things back on track too attaboy there it is gage uh it's, it's usually my job <laughs> it's great it's absolutely fantastic it's my favorite comic it's the best comic objectively um it's just you've read killer be killed you've read Watchmen forever ago i haven't read it twice i've read killer be killed twice that's true i've read Watchmen a dozen times I'm excited to finish Killer Be Killed this weekend. That's yeah. a what I will be up to. What you, what you will have been up to. <laughs> By the time this releases, I will have been up to. Yeah, over the four trips you've taken down here since you moved away, every little, single time you read like little one more time. issue. And... It's, uh, yeah. Every this time I longest... have to go back and review. So This is the longest this. trip you will have taken so far because usually it's like a two-day trip or something like that yeah I get the like you're here time. yeah you get friday saturday sunday monday nice good deal yep. yeah the thing i say about alan moore just to get us back on track is he kind of feels like he reminds me of bach in the sense that it feels like he's writing from both ends at once like mm-hmm. he knows how everything's already going to fit together and so he can like interlace two completely different story points and they'll like meet up beat for beat and they'll like have these little motivic cross pollinations and it's super cool huh wow motivic cross pollination (laughs) gage put that one on the screen (laughs) we're not on the screen yet (laughs) that would have been great yeah oh that's true yeah god it's just it's really good stuff and then it's you know it's got themes themes i feel like that's the way things should be written though like i I'm going to shit on Andrew for a second. The way he writes is he starts from line one and then goes from there. I hate that. Like, personally, I cannot write like that Mm -hmm. because I cannot stand the idea that I don't know where this is going to go. I want to know what story I'm going to tell Mm -hmm. before I put pen to paper. Like, I need to know. I mean, for Ross, we've been working on Ross for five years Mm -hmm. because... It, I was here. You he were li- you lived here when we started. We lived in the apartment when you started when we started working on it. Yep. And it like it's because I need this story to be like that. I need this motivic cross pollination between all three of kind of like the plot threads that we're putting in. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand just the thought of like ah, uh, d- what's the scene open day like interior day like uh oh I know this uh something directions green direction stage direction stage direction like i just it does not work for me and i i mean you know that i like movies that yeah seem to do that where, where mm-hmm. there's actually like i get 
I love the foreshadowing stuff. I love tiny little things that then come back later. I like mm-hmm. setup and payoff, but that doesn't really happen if you just write linearly. It's through compose. It can. Thing, right? Yeah. It's, so, I mean, it, it can. You can certainly seed those things. And um, I don't know. I've, I, I, so I, I like to write your way when I write prose. Mm-hmm. I like to at least get a rough structure of like what's going to come when and how's it all going to lead mm-hmm. through each other. And then I just kind of fill in the details with the actual writing. Yeah. But I write music. It's much more just like, Oh, this is kind of a nice idea. And then sort of, as I build on it, the structure reveals itself. Mm. And I think you can get to the same endpoint from the two different directions. You just have to be cognizant of the minutiae and the meta structure, I guess. Jeez, that sounded so smart. I try. See, I, I have become performative because yeah. we have a guest. I try uh, to sound smarter. You're not, I try you're to not sound acting funnier. any smarter than you usually. Like we're, you're usually pretty just a, like that. Just a sophisticated. That genre. was a that was that a was... very condensed, like, <laughs> and a little superfluous in some places, like smartness. But like it, it was it did was not really a. See, usually I don't go for the superfluosity. I don't like that you licked your lips after that. <laughs> Came out and it tasted weird. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I've been up to other stuff too. Um, not as good as Watchmen because nothing is. Um, you really led with the with the good one, didn't you? Now you're just, just going to be kind of like disappointing. Uh, have some other good. Well, I've been watching more Reba. Turns out there's six seasons, not three. So. You lied me. Lied me. I lay with you. Oh, oh, oh! That makes so much sense now. <laughs> uh, I watched Twitches because because um, <laughs> Hannah has to go through <laughs> Hannah has to go through her her uh, Disney nostalgia watch Halloween movies. That's one of them. What about Twitches okay. too? She's watching that tonight. Okay, I opted out. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the first one's the first one's fun, but it's just very fluff and yeah. nothing to it not very interesting yeah but it's got some moments where i chuckled and was like yeah yeah all right all right um, it's got uh patrick fabian who's on better call saul which was the only guy i recognized it's <laughs> kind of like oh okay yeah yeah him all right sure cool uh let's see um and then i've been reading rereading actually annihilation um jeff vandermeer yeah the movie's based on loosely um i read it over christmas so it's actually there's a trilogy um authority or uh, annihilation authority acceptance Um, it's all kind of about the the same story so there's um area x and it's this area kind of in the wilderness (laughs) (laughs) great (laughs) hope that picked up on camera so there's an explanation for the pauses <laughs> um there's this area of wilderness there had been some people living there and somehow it has something mysterious has happened there and mysterious things have begun to happen and the government is sending in like scientific research teams to figure out what's going on and so the annihilation is set uh, it's one of the scientific research teams um it's set from the perspective of one of them um she goes in and weird stuff starts to happen um and i read that book back in Chris back around Christmas and was like, this is pretty 
interesting. I'm not sure I get exactly what they're trying to say. Um, the prose is pretty gripping. Just simple descriptions are like just enthralling mm-hmm. the way the way he does it. Um, and I, I don't know. I never, I never, I, I just had bought the one book and I thought, okay, if I enjoy this, I'll get the sequels. And I was like mm-hmm. kind of right on the edge, but then I gave in and ordered the sequels last week. So they, they've arrived and I'm like halfway through Annihilation, the reread, and then I'll get into the other ones. Um, kind of just at the same place I was first time I read through, like it's good. I think it's trying to say some stuff, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if it's just, if it's challenging or just pretentious. Um, prose is really gripping. Just again, most mundane things that are described are just like, Whoa, that's some highfalutin words for you. All right. Like, Whoa, <laughs> f- Whoa. <laughs> and dang golly. All right. I think that's it. I'm going to check my notes. Oh, I've been listening to, um, in the car on my five minute commute, I've been listening to lecture series on lives of famous composers. And, uh, it's been Franz Witt, Franz List recently. Um, and I just, he had a weird life. Yeah. Had three children out of wedlock. One of them, uh, got sent to live with her, um, with one of Liszt's students' mothers, um, Liszt's student, Hans von Bülow, famous conductor um, and pianist in the latter half of the 19th century, um, was supposed to give them music lessons, immediately fell in love with the daughter. Um, they got married, and then they all met, uh, they all got together with Richard Wagner one day, and of course, daughter, who's now married to Hans von Bülow, falls in love with the recently divorced 50-year-old Richard Wagner. Okay. Um <laughs> and uh they have an affair and illegitimate children while the daughter cosima is still married to hans von bulo who allegedly doesn't know anything about the affair um and then wagner basically buys him off by guaranteeing him premier rights to conduct his operas and it's just a weird (laughs) sordid mess and there's no point to it but I love it. <laughs> you just described some great reality TV. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's what I've been up to. Okay. I. Rustin, what you been up to? Reading Dracula and watching vampire movies. Anything you'd recommend in particular? Not really. Yikes. Honestly. Like... I think the only one that I watched that I kind of enjoyed that would probably is above a five is, uh, I'd say above a, a six or above. Yeah. Above a five is a fright night hmm. from the eighties. Okay. It, it's a six. <laughs> wow. Just um, not a lot of good vampire movies out let there. Let me see. I mean, the thing is I had so less, so much less time for this one. Hmm. Uh, because I spent a lot more time reading because for werewolves, I could sit down at home and read or watch two vamp or two werewolf movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but also work got ramped up because I'm doing more thought provoking my, my degree related stuff. So I have had substantially less time to just sit at my desk and watch a movie while I'm doing mindless work. Right. Um, so I just haven't had as much time. Um, 
the I think I might just be more uh, fatigued about vampires um Could because be. of how I I watched through all the um the dracula related stuff mm-hmm. oh well, okay one thing i will recommend is the netflix dracula show that came out in 2020 yeah that's quality shit right there like it's uh i, I talked about it way back when it first came out I recall uh the first episode is really good the second ac- episode is pretty interesting and the third one's a little odd mm-hmm. um because it it modernizes it puts him like he slept at the bottom of the ocean for 185 years mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. show up in 2020 interesting. um and 135 years uh and so it's uh it's modern and interesting and does some very artsy lit stuff like it's just the like club scene so it's just a whole bunch of colored lighting and shit like that um but that one's really good i recommend that mm-hmm. um i'm kind of disappointed you didn't like nosferatu so yeah. much. yeah um let's talk about that for a second uh I think I just am not a fan of silent films. Um, I think the, the, cause mm-hmm. I'm so audially engaged in movies, which is why Dunkirk just fucking did it for me, dude. Okay. Like it, it, the, I need to immerse myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and, and that's like, I did, I put my arms around me when i did that because it's not on video i need to fully immerse myself and that includes every like every sense that's possible hell i probably like smell vision unless i'm watching a zombie movie (laughs) (laughs) um but it's just watching it like watching something happen and just it looks goofy because of just the way that the frame weight is, or frame rate essentially worked back then and they're like running walking really fast like kind of goofy and then like then you have to read for a little bit and the music just doesn't make sense with it mm-hmm. because back in 1922, there was no composers or like actual like film score writers. They just chucked some organ music on that. Yeah. And there's like the really tense moment when he's like coming through the door and it's just like, da, 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 da. and it's just like, why is this a major key? Like, it's like, it just, it, it removed me from it so much. And that was a movie that I watched. Like I sat down and watched, mm-hmm. I was at home and I sat down, turned the lights off and I was just like, I'm going to get on my phone. Like it it's, just, it mm. did not engage me. It definitely okay. takes away a huge layer of the movie experience that we appreciate now. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, that, that didn't do it for me. Um, the, the 1931 Dracula is, with the with uh Bella Lugosi Lugosi, Lugosi. uh that one's pretty good that that's the first kind of like Dracula like Dracula bleh, like the like that kind of mm-hmm. shit uh and that was amusing um but it that was after they decided that just chucking some random orchestral music over the movie wasn't working but before they decided they should really just like use music to play to the senses. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of silence during it. And it's just like, I don't feel tension. Like th- this is something we talked about uh, vaguely that music plays into tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the early part of the Dracula story 
is tension. There's this dude in a castle, and he's like, yo, this guy's weird. Like, what's, why is he not in a mirror? Oh my god. Why are these three really attractive young women, like, wanting to fuck me? And then he just comes and is like, hey, no, eat this baby. Like, creepy shit. And it, when it's just silence that entire time, it's just like, ah, yes. A soft, quiet night. (laughs) (laughs) Soft, quiet night in Castle Dracula. Um... The Horror of Dracula, which is the um, Christopher Lee Dracula, uh, yes, uh, is pretty interesting. Uh, it does a little bit better of a job of actually encapsulating the, the movie because I will say this. No movie has really actually captured the book because they Fair. cut out like the middle half of the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a dense book and it's a dense it's book a f- but it's like pages to it the problem is gage and i talked about this a little bit because when he told me that he was listening to it that the book i guess we're kind of like bleeding <laughs> into the topic to the topic um we should revisit it let's i'm gonna stop right there i'll get into why the dracula stuff didn't work okay the first i'm on tenterhooks at the beginning of after my history lesson, lesson, which is going to be substantially shorter than the werewolf one. Okay. Because uh, I'm not really going to do the history lesson. I'm just going to li- risk, list off all of the things. We'll get into it. Let's cover news first. Cool. Let's news. Blast through yes. news and get back into the topic. Because now I'm like, I'm and fired so, up and ready to talk about vampires. vampires. Yeah. Good <laughs> thing there be has, done with it. <laughs> good thing there hasn't been much news. Gage <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I talked about this, that uh, since we're censoring the F-bomb, I really want like a bleh for for this to, to so I'm trying to say bleh as many times as possible. Just find a good one. <laughs> that was good because they can't find where that started. Like it's got to be just a cartoon. It's right? got to be a cartoon, like just some Dracula G-rated cartoon of just him going bleh 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 bleh. I want to drink your blood. Anyway, moving on. News. Not. Uh, Anya Taylor Joy has been cast cast as has been cast as Furiosa in the Furiosa yeah. prequel to Mad Max Fury Road. Yep. From 2016. Yeah. Cool. She uh, she's really great. I guess uh, Shirley Shirley's Theron's uh, eyes got closer together as <laughs> she got older. <laughs> <laughs> That's so mean. I love Anya Taylor Joy, but like, she's great. It's just, that's just such a distinct feature about her. Yep. I'm also glad that we're not going to acknowledge live on air that I have been mispronouncing your name for years. I was gonna, but I figured I'd at least be nice. Maybe it'll come back and, like, be a boon to me that maybe you don't be an asshole to me at one point. Like, you could not call me out for something. But nah. That's not how it works. That's not how this works. Yeah. I, I need to be called out. Keep in mind. I also. Um, Let's see. That's, I mean... That's really about it for like actual news. Um, a lot of filming is restart is starting or restarting. It's just that stuff. Like the Kenobi movie or Kenobi show is supposed to start filming in February. Um, the Batman has started filming again. Uh, we do have set photos of uh Batman, Penguin, and Catwoman all together uh, yes. walking down some steps. So the news report of Pattinson saying, yeah, I haven't even been on set with uh, Colin Farrell four days ago. Like, I bet it was like the next day. And it was like, man, shouldn't have said that on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Let's see. Um, apparently, Passion of the Christ, Passion of the Christ, might be getting a sequel. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Okay. Hang on. Is it 2012? <laughs> like the story of Jesus being crucified is getting a sequel. <laughs> there haven't been new developments in that story for thousands of years. I guess, like, maybe it'll be like the Easter part. But, like, Passion sure. of the Christ is really gritty. Like, you can't really do Easter gritty. The whole point is like, hey, hell yeah, he's back. And then yeah. Thomas being like, doubt it. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that, the movie? Nuh-uh. I know it's like, it's like rated R. Yeah, no, it's, it's R. <laughs> I know hard about R. it. Yeah. It's pretty good. I, I've heard. Don't you dare say it. <laughs> what? I was talking to Gage about how everyone keeps telling me that I need to watch movies and I'm so sick of it. <laughs> you can skip that one. Oh, okay. What about Jesus Christ Superstar? You should watch that one. I have seen it multiple times. That's my one of my dad's favorite movies. Okay, good. Um, Let's see. Uh, Greenland is going to be released on streaming. Maybe that's the Passion of the Christ sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mad that they didn't call it 2012-2021. That would have been great. Yep. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Almost as bad as the Equalizer 2 not being called the Sequelizer. And what was it? Oh, uh, the Squeakwool. That's a good one. <laughs> the Chipmunk yeah. sequel. Uh... Or Stick. That's the fourth movie that came out. Yeah, it kind of mm-hmm. is. Oh, there was like... There was the 90s the one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Okay. Dracula. Oh, is that what we're talking about? We're talking about vampires. Okay. So I saw the teeth there, um, and I thought we were talking about the movie Teeth, about a vagina with teeth. Oh, that's teeth. that's actually in here. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> vampires! 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 Blah. Vampires are thing! Blah! I... <laughs> <laughs> so, t- tell us, Preston. Why are vampires? Vampires are... All right, I'm going to start with this, actually. Good answer. I'm going to jump right to the end of my thing, and I'm going to list all of the reasons in mythology of how you can become a vampire. Yes. You are born with an extra nipple, a tail, extra hair, seventh, you are the seventh child of six, uh, seventh child if all six were the same uh, sex. You were born too early, your pregnant mom encountered a black cat, or she didn't eat salt, or was looked upon by a witch or vampire, or being born out of wedlock, or a natural death, or before baptism, uh, wait, uh, or a natural death, or before baptism, or red hair and blue eyes, or being excommunicated, or desecrating a religious day, or committing a great crime, or dying alone, or having a cat jump across your grave, eating meat from a sheep killed by a wolf, being cursed, being a magician or an immoral person, committing suicide, <laughs> improper burial, being conceived on specific days, talking to yourself, and incestuous conception. So, by definition, we are all goddamn vampires. <laughs> Boy, I think I check each and every one of those boxes. <laughs> it's... And then, of course, there's the, you know, being bitten by a vampire and... Yeah, you missed that one. The... You doofus. Creation do your research by the other vampires 
which is so cool. vampires. So vampires. This is part three in our uh, four episode series of talking about specifically common archetypes in horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already talked about werewolves and, and zombies, which yep. embody uh, fear of beast versus man mm-hmm. and fear of people dirtying your house. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> um, and so now vampires. And what we seek to answer is why vampires are such a popular thing. And again, vampires go back to before we can really mark history. Um, instead of giving a history lesson. Aww. Yes. Uh, you, you, we should maybe start by defining what a vampire even is. There's so many iterations of the, um, what a vampire could get in there. Yeah, okay, there's... All of these versions of vampires are very, like, kind of around the hazy definition of a vampire. Sure. Yeah. You go back far, far enough and, like, undead corpses and zombies and vampires and werewolves all kind of just yeah. mishmash yeah, into some sort of... Yeah, because you talked about trans- a few that... Yeah, that transformed humanoid life. monster, basically. Mm-hmm. I think, in essence, a vampire as we know it today is just something, uh, an undead thing that drinks... Things life force, blood. That's drinks. Is that a pretty good definition. Yeah. Chupacabra. Huh? Chupacabra. Is that a is that drinks goat blood. Oh, a uh, human life force. Sure. Cool. So, so the ancient-ish iterations uh, in Mesopotamia and Hebrew culture, there is Lilith, which is Adam's first wife. Bet you didn't know he had a first wife before Eve. Surprise. I did because I paid attention when I read the Narnia books. All right. Uh, so she actually, she was banished because she didn't want to be subordinate and proceeded to devour babies and their mothers. Boy, that's a big jump from I'm a strong, independent woman to I want to eat babies. Yeah. True, true feminist right there. Yep. <laughs> uh, she was particularly evil because the Hebrew law doesn't like cannibalism. Does any law okay. like cannibalism in particular? <laughs> I When researching that, I saw that and I was like, well, I mean, like, back in ancient, like, when you look at, like, the ancient, like, tribes in, like, Africa, there's a lot of cannibalistic tribes. I don't know if there's any cannibalistic tribes in North American native. Uh, I bet there are, or else Bone Tomahawk lied to me. What's Bone Tomahawk? It's a movie about oh, okay. a cannibalistic Native American tribe. I know there are in South America. New um, Zealand, the Maori, it was pretty common. Yeah. So, uh, cool. so this was more of like a European I've always kind of wanted to get into cannibalism. Good. <laughs> I know how he acquired the walking dead now. <laughs> um, no, then no, there was the Lamashtu, which is the Babylonian goddess. Uh, she was also primarily, she also primarily preyed on children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there is the estries, which were synonymous with succubi. And okay. if you know anything about succubi, I don't, it is the first Big thing of I'ma seduce you and then I'ma eat you. It's okay. basically, I mean, they're D&D. I things. get it. Yeah. They're going to suck you and then they're going to say bye and eat you. All right. <laughs> I mean, there's also the incuba. The, like, the incubus. Kind of <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's. They lure you in with the promise of free tattoos. They're going to ink you and then they're going to say bye. Jesus Christ. In ancient Greece, the empusai. Empusai? Or demons. They're going to bring uh, you in with the promise of imps. 
Lots and lots of imps. I wish I had the power to mute his. Actually, I kind of do. Wait, I can do it. I can do it. I have the mouse over here. I can mute. I can just turn off his recording. Oh, that's me. He's up here. There it is. No, I'm not going to do it. Um, so ancient Greece had the Empisai, uh, which were the la- and later versions of the woman Lamia. Shut up. <laughs> uh, and these were females who, who seduced young men to have sex with them and eat them in varying combinations. Whether mm-hmm. it be like, I'm going to seduce you and then eat you, or I'm going to seduce you and then have sex with you and then eat you or whatever, like mm-hmm. various like renditions of that. Um, there was a Sturgis, which is a bird that fed on human flesh and blood. Which was the kind of the big like or like the first really like I'm gonna drink your blood kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Sturges actually make an appearance in the Witcher stuff because oh. uh, one of the he one of the things he fights is a Sturg. Uh, an ancient Indian, the Vitala, which are remnants that inhabited corpses, mm-hmm. uh, and revenants. Did I say remnants? Yep, I meant revenants. And revenants, you talked about it a little bit with zombies. I did, zombies. I briefly touched on. Revenants are like really vampire things because mm-hmm. they are things that came back from the dead and are conscious of kind of what the yeah. thing is. Yeah. Uh, we talked about with zombies how they're just these mindless shambling corpses. Right. But vampires are like, oh, I'm dead. And now I have a goal. <laughs> I'm dead. And boy, does that suck. I've got ambitions and I'm dead. God damn it, Matt. <laughs> Uh, whoop, that's not the right I'm mouse. having fun. <laughs> um, so that was like the ancient-ish ones. Those are the things that go back to before we can really mark the beginning of it. Uh, but the modernish stuff, so in the, 20th, in the 12th century, William and Newberg and Walter Mapp wrote a whole bunch of stories about revenants and, like, uh, that were pretty common, mm-hmm. uh, and they collected stories that they'd heard from other stuff. So, like, they kind of just, like, took oral tellings of these revenants and mm-hmm. vaguely vampire stuff and started to write the stories and that's when it became more of a written history of the vampires in the 12th century okay um and now here is the giant list of every culture and their version of the vampire the albanian striga the hungarian isicus the icelandic draugr which uh, i did mention we talked back to the uh proto indo europeans or the pie uh, i didn't make that joke and I had that in my notes for the werewolf stuff. P-I-E. Pie. Um, the Romanian Strigoi. The uh, Irish. Yep. Nope. I'm not going to try to pronounce it correctly. Le- no, that's not double L. Leonan She. Uh, she was actually interesting because she was a muse for artists. Uh, like She would come to people and would be like, ah, I'm your muse. I can inspire you. But I'm gonna eat you when you're done, like <laughs> like that kind of thing. So interesting. It was like this, like sell, like trade off of like, hmm, do I want to paint a really good thing and then die, or do I just want to be a failure? You know, it's um, really interesting. Do you know where I can meet her? Huh? Do you know where I can meet her? Nope. Shame. Where you going home with that? No, I'd, I'd like to meet her. I'd like to be inspired by her. Oh, I thought you said, do you know Reich Demeter, like an artist? And I thought you had like a like something. <laughs> I thought it was like a guy that wrote or like made a really good painting or something and then disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Scottish Bauban Sith, the uh, uh, Slavic Vampire, the Spanish Gaucha, and the African Ashanti Asenbosan, uh, U Adze, South African Impu- Impundulu. 
and the Betsileo Ramanga. I said African, and that's an entire continent, so it had different cultures, but it was not country-based. It was region-based, so that's why all those were all in one. A ton of things, all with varying, like, versions of being a vampire, uh, similar to it. Um, the Hungarian Iskakus was actually mentioned in the, uh, the, the Holy Inquisition, um, oh. which was when they tried to make everyone Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, that one has origins back to the 8th century. That's actually one of the oldest, like, that's the thing we can, tra- that's the first beginning of a version of a vampire we can track because anything that we can that we know come before we don't have a beginning for mm-hmm. um it's just all these different versions of something mostly like seducing erotic which we will get into mm-hmm. um we're gonna get and- seduced Yes. Who's doing the seduce? Is that why Gage is That's here? That's why Gage is here. Oh, what a pleasant surprise. I'll take my shirt off. No one said the word, the F word. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's a whole bunch of versions. Mm-hmm. Dracula. Dracula. 1895. That. See, it blows my, it still blows my mind that it's that recent. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's four years after the birth of Sergei Prokofiev. It is 20 years before World War One. Like it is. We if we were if World War One started right now, he wrote it within our lifetime. Like that's not that's it's really like reason. So if World War Three started now, would Twilight be our Dracula? Yes. Okay. They are completely synonymous. And I will fight anyone that says otherwise. Otherwise. Oh, you called my bluff. Uh, so Dracula <laughs> happened. Uh, Bram Stoker was incredibly anti-Semitic and wanted something to stoke <laughs> the fears of Jews. And so what he did is he made a very obvious uh, analog to the Jewish people and made him evil. Oh, nice. Yes, it is a very anti-Semitic book. Lovely. There is a point where they literally, like, compare him to a Jewish person and being ugly. And there's another guy who's like, God, I I have the book with me, but I'm not going to be able to find it, uh, find the passage. But there's a point where they're talking to a person and they need to get into something. So they bribe him and they describe him as like a Hebrew something with like the curved nose and like the bushy eyebrows and like all of the stereotypes and then makes a big point about how easy it is to bribe him. And it's just Yikes. makes a little sense as to how 50 years later, a whole country was like, yeah, we should kill all the Jews. <laughs> like it's, where was where was Stoker from? He was, uh, us. No, Irish. He was Irish. That makes sense. Yeah. Bram. Abraham. Yeah. Bram Stoker. Short for Abraham. Who knew? Just, uh, he's like, hey, you want to go for a shortened version of your name? He's like, yeah, just take a few letters and throw them in an, <laughs> in an order. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, maybe so he's not a great guy. Maybe he's trying to Abraham dodge the, the Jewish origin of the name. Abraham's a pretty Ooh, that's interesting. Name. Huh. We're on to you, Abraham. Yeah. And your estate. So, he wrote the book. Boy, did he. That's my episode. 
<laughs> no. Now, uh, uh, before we get too far into Dracula, a couple of notes I found too. That wasn't actually the first vampire. No, the the first literature. actual literature was the vampire, which w- and uh, Peter, uh, 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 Count Peter, 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 something, some Russian dude, Lord Peter, something Piotr. wrote sure. uh, wrote another thing that is less known but i actually almost read it it's literally sitting on my work desk <laughs> of the was, vampire i think that was kind of the birth of the sort of seductive aristocratic kind of vampire yeah as we know it today before that it was all kind of just bestial undead stuff mm-hmm. um i read an article on the, the bbc interestingly enough that uh i guess vampire the word like vampire first appeared in writing i think in like newspapers in the early 1800s sometime uh-huh. don't have my notes mm. but it it was some story about peasants in the Habsburg empire um mm. about just some some event like cows started dying or something so they dug mm-hmm. up a guy's grave and he had supposedly from reliable sources had you know fresh blood on his lips and was mm-hmm. bloated and whatnot mm-hmm. um so that's kind of interesting and then apparently it was really popular in the newspapers in like the sophisticated societies london yeah, uh, paris um because they they actually used it as just sort of a pat pat on the back um <laughs> saying oh look at you know we've we've evolved beyond the the silly medieval superstitions of these peasants often yeah in rural mm-hmm. europe um, sort of fun fantasy literature yeah almost. which which is funny because they they thought they had evolved past this and they didn't want to you know, they weren't going to deal with these superstitions anymore. And then the vampire came along and turned it from this uh... peasant superstition into this now sort of aristocratic circles that lives kind of in this sophisticated society. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Well. So that's kind of the transition. What if you were the real vampires all along? Maybe. What if the real vampire was the friends we made along the way? <laughs> I think so. I mean, one could argue that Bram Stoker's Dracula kind of has a has a little throughput of like or through line of like ah it's the friends we made along the way like because <laughs> it? <laughs> it's a whole bunch of people that are just like unconnected or like connected mm-hmm. kind of one to the next to the next to the next but they all kind of come together like the, mm-hmm. the three dudes the two girls later one girl another dude and then two uh, and then another dude and they're all just kind of like friends yeah. at the end and they yeah. all love the one girl a little too much yeah it's a little awkward it's a little they're just like ah she's like the greatest ever great and hey she's got the mind of a man which is amazing she's got the mind of a man and the heart of a woman (laughs) it's just oh my god and we must protect her she we are the men and this is like man love that toxic masculinity definitely feel the times yeah Um, so but then there's carmilla too is one i heard of I, I actually yes the in, French one yeah I, in preparation for this I posted on the vampires Reddit feed actually and just got ah. sort of a feedback on people's favorite good. bits of vampire lore and that's one that came up uh, a couple times thanks Reddit um, you're welcome why do I not have that <laughs> and it was about it was like 26 years before Bram Stoker's <laughs> Dracula um, don't but it was written by written by a woman. Written by a woman. So had some lesbian themes. Yes, pretty okay. explicitly. Um, granted, the lesbian was kind of like the you know the villainous 
sort of aspect coming out. So not super woke as the kids call it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but interesting uh, an interesting other tidbit. Yeah, that happened yeah, a generation before Bram Stoker. The yeah, I was gonna. I mean, thank you for bringing all that up. I didn't like. I I saw all that stuff and I was just like, ah, interesting. And then. I got to get better at writing my notes down because I yeah. really did just like forget the vampire, even though it's literally <laughs> sitting on my work desk. Sure. Um, I spent way too long trying to get that thing printed, like without being giant <laughs> pages. Um, but yeah, no, it, it kind of was a, there were several little beginning iterations and then Bram Stoker's Dracula made it like to America and across to the East and stuff like that, where it became, ah, look, a vampire like honestly i think the vampire is actually mentioned in the book um because uh jonathan harker in like the first or second chapter reads or sees a copy of it in a nightstand at the hotel he's staying at mm-hmm. um so it's it's yeah it brings in the elements of that kind of stuff um so what i want to talk about with dracula is what his what that story does with a vampire where it's the main tension in the book there are the tension in the moments in the book where oh shit he's standing right in front of me and i'm gonna die but for the most part the tension of the book is like hmm things are not right (laughs) and something might happen but we don't know what and it's just like this, it. this unsettling, constant, like, uh, for the first uh, quarter, uh, honestly, more like fifth, is Jonathan Harker in Castle Dracula mm-hmm. and going like, hmm, this guy's a little odd. Who was that chariot driver that was really strong? And then also, like, why does he keep, like, going away? And then he doesn't eat. And then he's also really pale. And I touched his hand. And boy, was that cold. It's just, like, his observations are like, this is a little odd. Mm-hmm. And it kind of puts you in this, like, if you go into it not knowing what Dracula is, it actually makes it interesting. And I did a really good job of that, actually. Like, reading it, I was like, oh, what's Dracula? And then I was like, I'm kind yeah. of scared. Um, <laughs> Even knowing that it's dracula it was still interesting because it added that dramatic irony that uh you know you know that dracula is a bad dude but you're just hoping and praying that he figures it out in time oh i root for the vampires oh well in that case you're team edward no yeah Yeah. team edward Edward. Um, all the way so i mean at the, the very beginning like the first couple pages of the book has him uh, has him with dialogue with the like locals around Castle Dracula mm-hmm. that are just like, God, don't go there today. Like of all days, what the hell is wrong with you? And it's just like this immediate like, there's something iffy. And then it's it's all that until it kind of like it's like, oh God, what's going on? What's going on? Like all this weird shit's happening. Oh my God! Oh my God! <gasps> That's what's going on. And it's done with that bit. And it mm-hmm. jumps to London <laughs> yeah. and like, and then it's just these people in town and you kind of like get to know them a little bit and spend a little time. And then like things start like really small, weird things start happening. Like a girl sleepwalks that she's never done before. Hmm. Having, if you had just like ignored the Jonathan Harker, you'd be like, ah, that's weird. But like, 
adding that element of like, I mean, you're reading a book. It's a little meta where you're like, hmm, there's something bad happening. You kind of mm-hmm. go, oh, she's sleepwalking and has never slept walked. Odd. And then it just slowly ramps that up until like, and then like, it just does this amazing job of Dracula is not in the book mm-hmm. for like 80% of the book. Because the point of the book is that it's like th- there's this unknown, like, force that is just ruining things. Mm-hmm. And you can't see it. You have no clear means of stopping it. Mm-hmm. The one guy that seems to know what it is is like, I can maybe stop it as long as I put garlic next to her and this fucking mom doesn't move it which is great by the way (laughs) there's a whole there's a whole scene where he's just like oh i know how to stop it like obviously it's coming in through the window so i'm gonna close the windows i'm gonna put garlic around put garlic on the door put garlic around her neck Mm -hmm. and then he walks back in the next morning and the garlic's gone and he's like where'd the garlic go and this girl's mom comes in she's like oh it was smelled awful so i moved it he's like you idiot! <laughs> mom rearranged your room. God, mom, you my stuff. You're ruining my life. But it's just it's it's stuff like it's this like what was the the two fear the 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 one that you like? It's not fear of being the mauled. Luminous fear. The luminous. luminous fear. I when you said that, I was like vampire, 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 vampire. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think I really like how just the way he structures the book in it being mm-hmm. not just like a prose or a story that somebody's telling it's mm-hmm. it's a collection of diary entries so mm-hmm. the jonathan harker in the castle um you you're getting bits of his journal entries but in yeah. doing so you don't always get the ends of the story yeah so right he, when you when the castle scene ends he writes in his journal i'm trapped in this castle i'm going to try to climb out the window if I don't make it back, goodbye, everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I thought he, I just assumed he was dead and either killed by the lady vampires or mm-hmm. fell to his death or something like that. Mm-hmm. Until quite a bit later in the story that you find out that, sorry, spoilers. He... <laughs> <laughs> spoilers for the 135-year-old book. Yeah. 25. But he's, he survived. 25. But now he's. 19... Oh, 1895. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 25. But sorry. also now he's crazy. For a while. Yeah. And it's just things like that well, where you... Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's not even that, like, it's... It, it plays into that. You start to, like, you get the, the Whitby story for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, and you're like, hmm, something's kind of weird. And then Jonathan Harker comes back. He's like, yo, I saw some weird shit, but I'm not sure if I did. Yeah. So it's, like, not only your own doubt of, like, what is Dracula and what's not. Think back to The Invisible Man, mm-hmm. where there's all those shots where they use negative space for, like, the mm-hmm. two... The middle and right third. Yeah. You don't know if he's actually there. Right. The director knows if he's there or not. Yep. But, like, you're just like, what, how much of this is him and how much of it is, it, it is just happenstance. Mm-hmm. And so Jonathan Harker coming back being like, hey, here's this kind of thing that may have happened, but here's my journal. Like, I don't know if it happened. And he's kind of like a little wacky. brain fever? Yeah. Know. And it's just like, it puts this uncertainty in the entire book. And that's the point of dracula Mm -hmm. is the uncertainty and that's why i think that every single dracula movie it all up man i've dropped the f-bomb so many times (laughs) say that say the line again (laughs) that's why every single dracula movie just like neglects the point of the book 
is that every single book or every single movie puts Dracula in the limelight. Boy, that felt like a really less impactful statement there. It did. It just really neglects it. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you can't. Be, um, no, you can't edit in real time, Gage. That's not how this I'm works. Trying, I'm trying my best. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's mysterious like that for most of the book. So an interesting tidbit about Dracula is that I, I believe Bram Stoker wrote the first like half of the book and then stopped. Yeah. And then he came back years later and finished it. Yeah. Mm. So kind of halfway through it, it does lose some of that momentum because they start, he, he justifies it by saying, Oh, they, they realize what they're doing. So they're saying we need to take really good notes about what's going on. Mm -hmm. So then it goes from this kind of mysterious, you know, not knowing how it ends and vibe to now they just are telling the story. Yeah. Just with them as the narrator. So yeah, it it does kind of, but the, Again, the movies make the story about Dracula. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, removes the fear of what makes vampires scarier than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Is that they are just kind of around. And that's something that, like, even Twilight does. Yes, for the people listening, I did watch Twilight for this episode. But every single... So the Dracula movies, Horror of Dracula, you follow him the entire time. Like, you see... In Nosferatu, you see Dracula doing the things. Like, you Mm -hmm. see his shadow hand come in. Yeah. You see Dracula doing the stuff to Lucy. That's not something that happens in the book. Because Lucy just starts having these symptoms where she's sleepwalking, she's pale, she's got these marks on her neck. Like, just weird stuff happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And it like and the and the movie and the movies don't do that for the Dracula stuff. Now, now, so that's the, that's the essence of the Dracula stuff. But he's not the only vampire. He isn't. Oh crap! You're right. He is. Well, no. Uh, <laughs> don't forget Edward. So Team Edward. <sighs> What a sign that was. Um, so we have that little element okay. of the unknown. Now, the movies that I did watch. Here's a list of the movies that I that I watched. Isle of Dead from 1945, which is all about the... Um, what's the thing? The Colocolos. Uh, Vercoclus? Vercoclus, yeah, that thing. Vercoclus. Vercoclus. Daughters of Darkness. Does it feature the Rachmaninoff symphonic poem, Isle of the Dead? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) I don't know. Dope piece. Uh, So, Isle of the Dead, Daughters of Darkness, Ganja and Hess, The Hunger, Fright Night, Interview with the Vampire, which I will say that one is actually good, too. Okay. Um, uh, Twilight. Uh, I've seen What We Do in the Shadows. And I saw the first half of Byzantium. I got, I got busy with work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so let me talk about some of these for a second. All right. Fright Night is about this kid who looks to the house next door and sees a dude doing a vampire. D- sorry being a vampire and doing <laughs> a vampire thing. Okay. <laughs> well, there is a person doing a vampire cause it's, sex there's sex in almost all of these by the way mm-hmm. um 
There is not Twilight. Uh, isn't there? There's got to be some implied sex in the light of the movies. I mean, it's pretty literal in the last one. But oh, good. Um, so he looks over and he's like, "Ah, that guy's a vampire. I'm gonna tell people that he's a vampire," and everyone's like, "Idiot." So he's just like, "Well, shit. All right, I gotta convince people he's a vampire." So there's a vampire. People know that he's, like, a guy knows that he's there, but he's just kind of there. He lives there. He lives next door. Meh, it's the vampire next door. That's a kid's huh. movie. Uh, Ganshin Hess is this guy that got turned into a vampire from a, uh, from being stabbed um, by a, like, a tribal blade. Mm-hmm. And he turns his wife into a vampire, and they're just kind of around, doing things, in society, eating people. Vampiring and about. Vampiring about. Daughters of Darkness are these two women plays really into that lesbian bit. Um, these nice. two women going around uh, doing lesbian stuff. Lesbian, or not lesbian, uh, vampiring about. <laughs> <laughs> In this movie, it's a pretty much synonymous thematically. Um, Fair enough. Isle of the Dead, pretty sure one of those people is a werewolf or a vampire. It played into the werewolf versus villagers idea. Mm. Pretty sure one of these people is a vampire. Don't know who it is, but they're there. Cool. Uh, interview with the vampire. This guy's just been around since the 1800s. What's he been doing? Watching movies of sunsets because he misses them. (laughs) But he's around doing things, eating people. Uh, Tom Cruise is apparently a really sexy and pale vampire in that one. In Um, real life, too. Twilight. They're straight up students. They're vampires that are just, what, 300 years old? Just going to high school. That's probably beneficial to their mental health. The Hunger. Forgot that movie is about. (laughs) (laughs) It's about games. You're getting my point, though. I'm not. The thing about vampires is that they're just kind of around us and Mm -hmm. living among us. Mm -hmm. That there's this guy that just kind of... Dracula is this guy that's in a castle, and they're like, weird shit happens in the castle. Don't know what he's about. But then... Also, the implication of the book, not the exploitation of the book, the implication of the book is that he straight up walks into a, like a shipping uh, shop and goes, Hey, I want you to send like 50 boxes of dirt across the ocean. And they're like, all right. (laughs) And then he's like, cool. And I'm going to get on this boat and I'm just going to be on this boat and I'm going to go over to Whitby. And then just, he's in Whitby and he's like, I'm here. (laughs) Yay! <laughs> I like this version of him. <laughs> Sounds very gregarious. <laughs> the, the vampires are around us. And it's a much different fear from... Uh, the whole point of these four episodes is to figure out why these are the ones that are so distinct from each other. Why they haven't blended mm-hmm. into each other. They've been so distinct. Is that werewolves, you're restricted to, like, ah, they're, they're kind of among us. But really, they're only scary when they're at night when they are wolves and they yeah. control it's the beast and they're a little externalized like it's yeah. the it's the the monster in the woods that's going to come eat you not exactly the... yeah mm-hmm. yeah and zombies you're not going to be a zombie and just unless your eyes on beyond the cw you're not going to be a zombie and just kind of be around people yeah. are gonna know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but vampires just kind of be around us mm-hmm. and then eat us when we don't know it's coming but that's the thing is I, you could be a vampire. So interestingly, there's something you don't know in preparation for this episode. One of us has been turned into a vampire at the end of this episode. Before you leave the room, you have to drive a stake in one of our hearts. 
I really hope you get it right. Probably do it on my own. Because I'm the vampire. If the person dies, they were a vampire. (laughs) Yeah, burn her. If she burns, she's a witch. Yeah. (laughs) We'll do something similar for our witches episode next year. Except burning will be involved. So what's terrifying about a murderer that's among us? The feels like a trick question a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the the fact that he's or she's among us. Well, you never know if they're just around. You don't know that they're there. At least with a zombie, you see a zombie coming, and you're like, "Oh shit, a zombie!" and you run away. Yeah, this was totally a question that I answered the I answered the question in the question <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, why does two plus two equal four? Because it given does. <laughs> so, okay. I kind of ranted on that last one. I really just told you the second part of my thesis. Well, I mean, the just the, the uncertainty plays into your own paranoia. You can start to attribute normal things. Jonathan Harker, when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can attribute normal things to there's something among us. It's sort of mm-hmm. the, the conspiracy theory mindset almost. Yeah. You can talk yourself into that. Uh, yeah, and it, it, uh, the game Werewolf. I don't know if people, how many people, like listeners, have played it. I know several listeners who have played it. Ooh-woo. We've played it. Ooh, woo! Um, <laughs> the game Werewolf is a game where everyone gets roles, different roles that do different things. Mm-hmm. A couple people are werewolves, and their goal is to kill other people. And the village team is and the goal is to kill the werewolf. Mm-hmm. And the actually scary part of that game, even though it's just a tabletop game, is herd mentality can happen because mm-hmm. one person may like slip up or something unfortunate happens where it's just like, hmm, suspicion in this direction. And they have really no way to counteract it. Mm-hmm. It just becomes everyone attacks it. Then you get the werewolves who were just like, ah, yes, it is them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, like and that's the thing like you mentioned the paranoia that if we're in, if we're around 60 people and then one person shows up dead holy shit there's a murderer who mm-hmm. is it and alibis may be missing like motives may happen it's the like who done it's but on a you're going to die level you're going to be the done <laughs> you're going to you're, you're going to be the, be the it done. which was done <laughs> you're going to be the man with which it has been done to which it has been done. And may, and if we're talking vampires, probably with which. <laughs> yeah. Which goes in the other one, the erotic sense. With Have vampires done it with witches? Oh, yes. yeah. The book Discovery of Witches. Okay. It's a, it's a series, actually, the trilogy. Um, quite good, actually. Lots of vampires in it. If mm-hmm. you're willing to tough your way through some very uncomfortable, explicit sex scenes tough um, that's i mean that's a selling point right there <laughs> actually very interesting uh take on on vampires okay uh, interesting worth yeah. a read if you like that kind discovery of, of witches mm-hmm. cool so erotic erotic <laughs> so you like to have sex right so they tell me you like to have erotica you know well let's let's uh let's generalize it more sex is an interest is a is a uh uh um um, I'm just going to let you dangle here. <laughs> appealing topic to humans. 
I was really struggling to get to that, like, not me go, hey, Matt, you like sex, but, like... <laughs> hey, kid, you want to buy some sex? <laughs> Wait, the, did I just prostitute myself? The fact, the fact that humans... Humans like sex. Who'd have thunk? Humans like sex. Humans need sex as much as humans need food and drink. It's one of the physiological needs. Pseudoscience can be argued that you don't need sex to survive. People, you need food and water to survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is one of the physio- considered one of the physiological needs. Now let's say you like food, right? Yeah. You, you need food to yeah, eat. Yeah, no, food, food is good. What if when you're eating, it just stabs you in the face? Kind of makes you scared to eat. Yeah. If you think that there might be a chance that you're going to get stabbed in the face by your steak. Yeah. It's going to steak you in the face. <laughs> that joke was a mistake. So sex, you uh, you see where I'm going with this. I do see where you're going with this. <laughs> it, it takes one of your physiological needs, the thing that appeals to you, that, and it's just like, hmm, what if it killed you? <laughs> not only what if it killed you what if it killed you and you didn't die <laughs> it's it it just turns that on you like so it does turn me on. <laughs> so quickly and it 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 puts a fear in your heart of something that you care about so many of these stories include sex even dracula it's not an erotic it's not an erotic book, but there are elements where Lucy is like, Oh, I'm in danger and I'm going to die. Hey, Arthur, want to have sex? Like there's literally <laughs> like a, a bit in there where she like, she's just like, Oh my God, I'm so worried. Like what's happening. I feel like shit. And then she switches and the book actually describes the fact that her voice went deeper and more like seductive. Mm-hmm. And tr- it was like, she was like, Hey, get away. Like I might damage you, my love come here like that kind of Mm -hmm. shit where it's just like it switches and it's not the book doesn't dwell on the erotic Mm -hmm. but it it's that element of just like "Mm, my wife is beckoning to me even though she literally just told me if i get near her she's gonna bite me (laughs) well it kind of plays back into that paranoia thing right like you you know you're going about your normal everyday physiologically required sexual activities (laughs) 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 but in the back of your head, you got that that little running paranoia that's yeah. that's telling you, wait, what if die bad? Yeah. Yes. And like, I mean, getting into it, this is gonna get a little uncomfortable for some people, but like, people like biting. It's the like, yeah, that's this the thing. And yeah, where do you typically bite? Hopefully, not one place, but like normally the neck. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that like, oh, if someone's gonna bite me in my neck. Maybe they'll drink my blood. <laughs> yeah, when you think about I mm-hmm. mean, vampires in general, how it's it's really an intimate sort of experience. Yeah. It's like yeah. you know, the heart is the organ of love, and and they're mm-hmm. you know getting close and brushing up against your neck or maybe your wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, just all the like, yeah, the nerve ending parts. <laughs> zones. It's yeah, and it's... they're they're drinking the life blood of your heart. Yeah, it's it's all a very. It's sensual it's, experience. Yeah, yeah, and it has, it's done very sensitively. It's not like a werewolf. Ah, 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 yeah, <laughs> just actually got. It's like it has to be done very precisely and with yeah. a certain 
So well, there are the times where it's just like, hmm, I'm going to eat you, and they just, like, leap at him. Yeah. <laughs> what, what we do in shadows. Shit. Shit. <laughs> One can argue that happens in sex sometimes, too, but, like, yeah. let's not dwell on that part. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. You took I, a breath. Yeah, I like. I just like that the vampires are the one trope of the four that you want to be involved with. If you see a werewolf, yes. you're gonna run. Yep. If you see a zombie, you're gonna run. If you see a, or you're gonna shoot it in the head. Then... Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what you want. That's a zombie. great segue into the next point of the appeal of being a werewolf. Fuck. Appeal. <laughs> God. <laughs> the appeal of being a vampire. Yeah, being immortal doesn't seem too bad. Unless you get bit when you're 87 and you're just constantly in pain. Or bit when you're, uh, in in the case of uh, Interview with the Vampire, she was, I think, 10. Mm. When one of them went, when she got bit. Like, it, if you get bit, like, if we got bit now, I'd be okay with it. Sure. Like, yeah. Because you you don't change you you are forever like your body structure like your muscles mm-hmm. your muscles do you you don't your your heart doesn't beat your blood doesn't move you can't grow your cells don't exist don't are in a stasis mm-hmm. and so the way you are now like I'd like to be maybe a few years ago when I wasn't maybe celiac but <laughs> so yeah. I could have gluten but I guess blood isn't gluten so it wouldn't matter yeah it's true. I think- I think when you're a vampire, you don't really have to worry about diseases. Real food, yeah. Diseases. So yeah. I think you're okay. But there is the appeal of being immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, you get all the the cautionary tales where it's just like, ah, you live for 2,000 years and you get kind of bored. And it's like, well, yeah. If you do it wrong. If you do it wrong. But also, like, especially with vampires, at least you have an out. You can just be like, hey, um, I have a question. You're like in a, ten- in a, like a town hall, like at a city council. You're like, I have a question. I'm a vampire. Can someone kill me? <laughs> it's like I'm tired of being around. Someone just end me now. Yeah, that's uh, that's really appealing. You know, just permanence, but an easy way out. Yeah, and I it's like it. uh, one of the things is like you get um, Doctor Renfield in Dracula. You get the all the the thralls, the the servants of people, and what you what what uh, what do we do in the shadows? What you been up to? What we do in the shadows? Um, what you been up to in the shadows? What you been up to? In the sh- Ooh. But you have these people that are just like, hmm, I want to be a vampire, mm-hmm. and typically those those people are a surrogate for explaining why you would want to be a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um. In the case of Dr. Renfield and, uh, in not Dr. Renfield, Mr. Renfield, he's not a doctor. He was one of the, he was a guy, was a real estate dude. Right. Yeah. Uh, you can be a doctor of real, real estatery. Sure. In the case of him, his was less of like, oh, I can live forever. More of just like, yes, master blood. Like, it's kind of, <laughs> it was a little nuts. But, what, what was that? I missed it. Uh, you can listen to it when the episode comes out. It's true. I can. <laughs> I have you permanently. That's true. Aww. Boy, I've got some weird phrasing. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's the appeal. 
that's the one appeal to me but i think there's other appeal like ah you can just have sex with so many people yeah the the power the eroticism yeah the, uh... well because that's the other thing about vampires is they are very incredibly seductive they can read your minds mm-hmm. and they can also pretty much brainwash you yeah, yeah. depending on the story yeah they can they can literally control you or mm-hmm. yeah or whatever you want. also and they if can you're fly. that's pretty cool kind Dep- of a common superpower. depending on the person the the feeling of or the ability to control someone into having sex with you might be appealing if you're that person you should rethink your life and everything about yourself but but yeah. also you know curse of the vampire dead soul eternally damned anyway so i guess yeah. if that's the kind of person you are that's maybe the way to go <laughs> yes yeah, i just mean like you know i could be a rapist <laughs> But if I'm a vampire, what's why not? Well, there's a, I mean, <laughs> there's a, there's a reasonable, socially acceptable midpoint of you want to be able to walk into a bar and have the attractive women coming up to you. Yeah, that's sure. true. Sure. So, so, one other real quick thing, mm-hmm. um, that the reason that, uh, one of the reasons that Bram Stoker's was so scary and popular is because it involved sex, blood, and death during Victorian Europe. Which was just rife with tuberculosis and syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Like, it was just everyone's got it. And when it's mm-hmm. people having sex and drinking blood and being oh, dead. Is it all just a syphilis metaphor? The paranoia? Like, you want to have sex, but you're paranoid that you're going to get bit? It's a giant metaphor for syphilis, tuberculosis, and Jews. That's essentially what Bram Stoker's Dracula is. If you, I think that's your teaser it. right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so those are all my big points. Let's uh, let's ruminate on a few of them for a little bit. Uh, I'd also like to note, too, that of the four tropes, the vampires are generally considered the most intelligent. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, an, that's one of the other things is they're less chaotic than werewolves. Werewolves, mm-hmm. you turn into a werewolf and you're just like, ah, I'm going to murder you. Uh, zombies are just... like you're an existing thing in front of me i'm gonna eat you um and then slashers depending i don't know what research you've done like seems to slashers seem to have a goal yeah and they can teleport or some shit have you seen like (laughs) i love those like the i guess tiktoks or instagram reels where it's just like uh what a vampire or what a uh, slasher looks like what you don't see and it's just like walking and then they turn around and he like starts running really fast. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's a, instead of a chaotic threat, it's a controlled threat. Lawful mm-hmm. evil. Where it is, a, yeah, 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 lawful evil. Yeah, it's, it's very structured and methodical. And in mm-hmm. some ways that's, you know, that's a different kind of terrifying is that it's one thing, if you see a zombie, you know, you can run away from it. Yeah. And or chainsaw in the face. Or, yeah. But with a vampire, they're generally pretty considered pretty cunning, and yeah. also they've been around, so they have hundreds or thousands of years of experience. That's something that actually um, Dracula does a little bit different with it. Uh, I don't think you've gotten to that part yet. Maybe not quite. Um, but basically, he talks about how Dracula has the mind of a child because he loses all his prior experience, but he has a mind of a child. To the, but over four hundred years, he's like slowly kind of developing it. And something that's interesting is they established what the first episode of the Dracula show is, is rules of the beast, which is basically what are the things that restrict him? How does he work? What kills him? Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And something that's happening in the book is that Dracula's pushing those boundaries. 
He like with one of the, one of the examples they give is um with the boxes of his land. Uh, he thought initially that he wasn't allowed to move his own land, so he had someone else do it. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, he helped someone move it to discover that he could actually move it himself. So that he started moving it himself. Mm-hmm. And it's just stuff like that. He's pushing the boundaries. And that's what makes it a little bit more terrifying. Especially in that book. Is like they go. Van Helsing goes. Yeah I know all of these rules. But this motherfucker's moving his own dirt. So who knows what I know now. <laughs> like it's. I, I've lost. You lose that. That comfortableness of the mythology. When you establish in Dracula. That like specifically in that one. That mm-hmm. they're pushing it to the point where it's unknown territory for people Mm -hmm. and with them being cunning they can be careful with it they can know what humans are like and play around with it and then go Mm -hmm. ah i know like uh and some they can straight up read your mind and go oh i know what turns you on so i'm gonna pop my collar and unbutton the top few buttons and boy you're ready (laughs) (laughs) how'd you know (laughs) (laughs) i've been friends too long why do you why do you have to invite vampires in what's that all about uh I never saw the origin of it. Yeah. That. There's like tons of weird features of vampires that mm-hmm. don't really have a specific origin mm-hmm. or have oh, lots of different origins. The Dracula the, the Dracula show does a really interesting like it twists everything at the end mm-hmm. where the the modern Van Helsing goes, "I know why you're afraid of sunlight, why you're afraid of the crucifix, why you're afraid of like all this stuff." Mhm. And it, because none of that's ever established why. Like, there really mm-hmm. isn't that. But, should I spoil it? It's only no. been out for like a year. It's really interesting. And, it, like, it, it doesn't, it, it, I recommend watching that. It's mm-hmm. it's three hour and a half episodes that there has been a mention of a sequel. But, no, Nothing. there won't be. <laughs> um, it's really good. But it does a really interesting job. But, no, there isn't, like, really established answers for that why you why you have to invite them in why a stake to the heart works why um silver bullets aren't a thing with vampires. It's werewolves yeah that's werewolves, werewolves but... but also there are some instances where vampires are also sensitive to silver yeah again mm. what we do in the shadows oh i never watched dracula untold it's probably for the wow best. what a bummer i didn't watch dracula <laughs> untold dracula. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's if you actually look into it there's you know, all those ways to create a vampire, there's just as many ways to actually kill one. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, it's a stake to the heart. Some, mm-hmm. it's a... You gotta behead them, burn them, uh, behead them, uh, put garlic in it. Because the whole thing they did with Lucy is they like, all right, we gotta stake her in the heart, then cut her head off, and then put garlic in her mouth. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow, laundry list of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's take care of this. Some, it's like drive a nail through their navel. Some it's drive a nail through their nether regions. Yeah. Uh, some it's it's lots of cooking stuff. One is like boil their head in vinegar, put okay. a lemon in their mouth, put a rose in their mouth, put a crucifix on their mouth, put a garlic in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's like a million different ways. And it's all just because the roots are so old, it goes back so far. And mm-hmm. from all these different regions, it's just all been cherry picked from different regions. So it's do you like, think oh, the... yes, you put a lemon in their mouth. And then someone in Africa goes lemon <laughs> <laughs> so do you think the garlic thing is because it destroys the erotic appeal so i think the garlic comes from there was something about um i think we talked about this uh i think it plays similarly to 
salt where it changes like the mm, it was something about the flavor like something okay. like where you add flavor i think we talked about that we talked about salt adding flavor with zombies and yeah. traditional haitian zombie legends right yes you can feed them salt to revert them yeah okay never mind that might not be a thing uh, i like i like the idea in some of them where you know vampires have a very keen sense of smell so mm-hmm. i like the idea that garlic is just really smelly so they don't like getting yeah. close to it that's <laughs> uh, it's come up in a few different ones that i've heard of it's good yeah i don't know i really should have looked into that like i, I think i didn't look into it because i was doing my research assuming i would stumble upon the origins of them but there really mm-hmm. isn't yeah again it's it goes back so far mm-hmm. who knows what you know where that even came from or when it was probably before anybody thought to write it down so mm-hmm. it was probably one actual vampire in like 23 ad that just really didn't like garlic mm-hmm. and then had like a friend who like or like an enemy who's like i know you're a vampire and the guy's just like what yeah but i'm not a dick and he's just like i know you're a vampire and i know you hate garlic i'm gonna tell everyone <laughs> this guy doesn't like garlic and then it made it to dracula <laughs> makes sense seems yep. plausible yeah, we should come up with a story of the true origin of the vampire and every single and incorporate every single historic like uh like uh cultural reference <laughs> like like someone <laughs> whose mom was looked at by a witch also didn't eat salt also is giving was conceived on a bad day as the seventh child and then was born with Extra hair, an extra nipple, a tail. <laughs> Just a monster like, of a person. <laughs> literally everything. So Tyrion Lannister? <laughs> and then just like born. It's like, oh my god, this thing is disgusting. And then like in 10 years, or like let's say 30 years, it's just like a handsome man like Bella Lugosi. It's just like, nah, yes. I cut the tail off. You don't see me shirtless. You don't know I don't have a third nipple. <laughs> He's a vampire. Of course we see him shirtless. Eventually. Well, actually, they, they do see uh, Dracula shirtless when he's bit, yeah. forcing Mina to om-nom on his chest. That's how Dracula creates his thralls. Yeah. Yeah, it's a book. <laughs> yeah. It's a... <laughs> so, the one thing I'm noticing is, as I, I did all this research and then I listened to the Dracula audiobook, is that Dracula has, like... Most of the the tropes packed mm-hmm. into one. Yeah. Other stories you'll get like if you hear in there, maybe they are related to wolves or can turn to wolves. Maybe mm-hmm. they do bats or maybe they turn to a mist. Mm-hmm. Dracula is just like all of them. Yeah. I think that's a little bit why he's considered like the original stereotypical vampires. Yeah. He he has all of the tropes that they yeah. can then cherry pick. From yeah. Them. Also, I think I heard something about it was like a a copyright issue like they screwed up his copyright hmm. and therefore people could make all these other like spinoffs and things uh they made nosferatu you and i talked yeah you and i talked about that they made nosferatu and they sued yeah the estate sued the the filmmaker mm-hmm. and it was actually ordered destroyed but a few like black market copies survived that's why nosferatu mm-hmm. i thought i heard something else count about orlock. how it was a what count orlock count orlock my mistake yeah you fool and what was it? Uh, um, Jonathan Hawkins. They changed his last name. Something like oh, that. Really? They were like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yes. No, Hawkins is the is the company he works for. Oh sure. Yeah. Hmm. But 
So all that stuff. What do you think, Matt? What scares you the most about if, like, a vampire existed in real life? Great dead air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of, it, it seems appealing to me. I'd, I'd go get myself vampired. I think. Would you be okay living at night for the rest of your life? That's the thing. For Dracula can death. live in the day. His powers are just reduced. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fine by me? Hmm. It's not like, ah, oh, the sun, no! That's just me. <laughs> right. <laughs> the reason I wake up at the crack of dawn and get to work before the sun's really up, and then, well, no, I do leave in daylight, so. Yeah, you're not a tax accountant. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the thesis is like, Matt, you come up with the thesis. I've been coming up with all the theses. Uh, Vampires. Encapsulate everything we've talked about to explain why vampires are uniquely horrifying. Vampires introduce an element of paranoia into everyday life. Um, And they're also, they have their their own appeal to them, which there's, again, kind of like, we didn't really get into this, but kind of like the werewolves, there's the, the... wait, what if I become a vampire and that's evil and bad, but what if I kind of want to? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of the fear of wanting to become them, not the fear of becoming them necessarily, but the fear of wanting to become them. Yeah. Interesting. But then also just the omnipresent paranoia. Omnipresent paranoia. And the sexitude. And the sexitude. All right. Shallst we? We shallst. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he jumped on it. He has to do the outro. Thanks everyone for listening. Oh gosh, we've only had a we've had a new outro for the most recent ones. For the video? For the for all of them, you've been doing it differently. Uh, I have. Just say not really. <laughs> just say all the things in some random order. There's not particularly a formula for this part. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What's our handle? At Justice Loser Pod. Attaboy. Uh, 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 oh, gosh. <laughs> you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Uh, leave a comment or, I don't know, you can probably interact with us on all of those mediums in some way, shape, or form. Um, comments are good. Comments start controversy. Comments for controversy. That's our new slogan. And we're going to live by it. Comments. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Comments for controversy. Yeah. If you take issue with anything we said, if you're mad that Preston skipped some very important vampire movies, um, then you should let him know about that. If you're mad that I skipped some, uh, some, uh, vampire movies that you wanted me to watch like lost boys and, that's the main one that I've had three people recommend to me and I didn't have a chance to watch, then you should go tell all of your friends about us, get us more fa- more famous so that we can start making an income and I can quit my job and watch more movies you want me to watch. This is on you! Wow, look at my spike. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> you could stake yourself in the heart on that spike. Yeah! Nailed it. Uh, you can find us as gage pointed out you can find us on facebook and twitter at justice losers pod and instagram also at justice losers pod where i posted a picture of watchmen but i did it wrong and preston's mad at me and i'm really sorry i let you down (laughs) 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 
We're on Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com. Um, we got one week coming up till Slashers. So if you want to hit me with some Slashers, I've probably got time to watch about two of them before we record. So hit me with them. Tell me tell me which Slashers I should slash. Um, I've already seen, well, last year I saw Halloween and the original Black Christmas and uh, Night- Nightmare on Elm Street, Jason X. I'll probably have to watch the first one of that one. Yeah. That'd, yeah, that'd probably be the way to do it. That probably didn't get picked up on the audio. I should probably watch the first three Jason to get the full Jason introduction. It says Preston from the corner of the room. Yeah! I think I might do that. I'll. So if you have uh, other other slashers I should see, um, let me know. I really, really don't want to watch the Black Christmas remakes, so don't say those ones. You were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street? I did last year, when I watched it last year. It's not very good. There's kind of the big three, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Yeah. And then there's a whole bunch of just other random ones. Child's Play, Leprechaun. Oh, Le- Leprechaun! Yeah! I'll watch Leprechaun, I'll be super pissed. I'll watch Leprechaun. I'll try to watch Leprechaun. No promises. Uh, Yeah, so next week is Slashers. You got that coming up. And then coming to November, more podcasts. It'll be fun. Yeah! That's 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 probably it. Uh, thanks to the the lovely and talented Gage uh, for his commentary and for his uh, ever excellent editing excellence. <laughs> Just looking for a fourth alliterative word there, and two of them are the same. Nice try. <laughs> excellent editing excellence. Close enough. Redundancy department of redundancy. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. But also...